Welcome back to the Blunt Letters Podcast. I'm Michaela Superstar, and I'm joined with my co-hosts, Elle Electric and John B. Hello. Mm-hmm. Oh, Gerbil. Gerbil. I keep forgetting we call you Gerbil. <laughs> we'll get used to it. And Gerbil. 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 What up, Could slowly evolve to something else, too. Yeah. Wow. Gerber. that because it sounded like you said Sherbert real quick. Sherbert. Oh, if you oh. got Sherbert, that'd be <laughs> now great. Now I want Sherbert. <laughs> I know. We love Sherbert. Remember that New Year's drink we made with Sherbert in it? It looks so hideous, but it tasted pretty good. Yeah, man. That was New York, wasn't it? I think people so. People were like, what the fuck are you drinking? <laughs> <laughs> I think we just melted ice cream into our cocktail. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds great. A little whipped cream on it. Yeah. Yeah, sherbert. We put sherbert in it. Sherbert. Yeah, that man. Good. It was like rainbow sherbert. We did all kinds. I can see of- rainbow sherbert being once it's mixed up though, just turning brown, kind of. That's yeah, what, yeah, that's what happened. Exactly. Yeah, it looked gross. People it were like, "What bad. the fuck?" And we're like, like, "That does not look good." And we're like, "It's delicious." And they're like, "Tastes no. good." Trying to wake up a little here. Golly. Pep pep. I woke up early Ooh. today. It was the worst day to wake up early. I woke up early today too. Like it's five forty five early. That's gross. I had to be at church at six AM. How yeah. was that? Was Jesus um happy you were there? <laughs> or whatever. I you don't say. Know. Jesus was early, man. I was like I Well he's on Christian he's on the uh, heaven time. It's runs um faster. Oh, okay, yeah. I was like, I'm not that late. Because, you know, I was like 10 minutes late, but <laughs> it's like... That's why Lent is 40 days long and not a month, because it runs faster up there. So it's got to be 40 days. Because if yeah. it was 30 heaven days, it would be like, whatever. We're ta- Good thing we're talking math tonight. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. we're talking we math. How are we going to figure out the heaven and hell time? Yeah, we're going to do Jesus math later. Yeah, yeah I like it. <laughs> yeah, man, that's tight. We're going to talk about all kinds of... Maybe Jesus plus Santa equals Christmas. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid. Dude, plus or minus a reindeer. I love it so much. I kind of enjoy that it's so sacrilegious for me to enjoy Christmas as a Wiccan or whatever, like a witch. It's like, we get to do whatever we want. Like, witches don't have rules, so I get to totally enjoy Christmas. It only offends Christians who are like, you're not really Christmas. And I'm like, <laughs> dude, I don't understand why it's sacrilegious for you to enjoy Christmas. Christians are always trying to get people to enjoy Christmas. Because I don't believe in Christ, I guess. And I don't think I'm you have like, to. ha ha ha. I just want all the spoils. And it's all materialistic and like twinkly lights and like an artificial tree that you get to put in your house. Like it's not about like Christ's life for me. So I feel like that's sacrilegious. It's really about more like Santa and the reindeer and the snowmans and the snow people i guess now and i got a i got a frosty guy outside my house being like and peppermint i feel like there's a holiday that's like secular christmas that is all those things yeah it's called fucking solstice because it's based on an actual thing that happens in real life it's not a made-up thing it turns into winter so yeah, there is an all-around holiday for winter that was crushed by the Catholic Church and stolen because Jesus Christ was born in the fucking summer in a cave. So yeah, there is. It's called Solstice. And guess what? The Wiccans don't care if you celebrate it. Like, we don't get offended. We're like, yes, it is just the weather. So you get to ce- <laughs> you get to celebrate it with us. See how easy that is? Anyway, it means that, yeah, it was the, it there was like is. the longest day of the winter. It was yeah, like, right? it's, yeah. Like, yeah, it's, it's like, science. It's going to get a little better soon. 
Whenever you're looking for a holiday to celebrate, look to science, a.k.a. witchcraft. It's like we celebrate what's going on in the sky and what's going on in the earth. That's about it. I mean, I don't know. You know, it's like sex what's or something. What's going on in the sky? What's going on in the earth? It's like sex or something. Witchcraft. <laughs> Dude, I it's love so it. so easy being a witch. So, yeah, it's like everyone can believe in the solstice. We're not upset about it. And yeah. it comes earlier. The sun is real. Yeah, the sun's really there. There it is, the sky. Um, and it's earlier. It's earlier than Christmas. So you get your presents earlier. You and I were just talking about how we can't wait for the sun to come out for longer and how it's like really the darkest days of the year right now. Yeah, that's what you celebrate is being like, okay, it's only going to get better from here. That's this, That's like the symbolism behind Christmas is that Jesus is the light of the world coming back into the earth or whatever. I know. They stole it from us. I get that. I'm just trying to explain for people that don't know. (laughs) 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 I'm mad about it. Oh, she is. Yeah. But it's fine. You know, they can co-op our shit. Everybody has something to be mad about at Christmas. (laughs) Right? But I'm not even. I mean, I'm not even actually. That's the thing. It's like, go ahead and whatever, co-opt it. Because then I'm just going to co-opt it back. And have all kinds of weird Christmas stuff up and be like, no, I don't believe in that. Dude, speaking of that, like I've we've been opening our advent calendars that you could see on our Instagram and been mm-hmm. having so much fun. And that's the most <laughs> yeah. adventy thing that I've done. It is fun. I've um, been watching. It's great. Oh, thanks. Because yeah. usually advent calendars suck so bad. But these are really good ones. Yeah, they're fucking rock. Michaela's mm-hmm. killing it with the advent gifts. Mm-hmm. All your got- favorite lollipops. Yeah, I had peppermint bark and lollipops today. <laughs> Fucking... Yeah, that's a good good day. Yeah, it was. <laughs> and not some shit lollipops. Seize lollipops, because like like good shit. That's right. The good that's the problem shit. with Advent's calendars. It's usually like cheap crap. It's just like that's a lot what of I it. mean. Yeah, I got her exactly. some lollipops that cost a buck seventy five each. Yeah, the... expensive. Some fancy. So good though, they last like four days too. Um, <laughs> look, you really cannot finish one of those lollipops one sitting, can you? Can I you? have. Wow. Yeah. Impressive. I'm determined. Mm. You got suction power. <laughs> I was just impressed. I get tired. I'm like, okay. And all for this thing in my mouth. I just let it be in my mouth. <laughs> That's what she said. I get to a point where I give up and I just start biting it. And then like I, my teeth are fucked up. You can't do that with these because they're kind of soft. Is that soft. like soaking? Is, is that like soaking when you're a Mormon? You just let it sit in your mouth? <laughs> what is that? Oh, this is going to be fun. Tell her. So you're like not supposed to have sex if you don't want to have a baby. So like guys will just put their dick in a pussy and just like sit there and not move at all. And I guess that's like a, a loophole. Hold How on. Have you ever heard the second there? part of it? No. Oh, I don't think so. Part two. So, there's a part. The part two of it is they'll have a friend come over and jump on the bed while it's in there. So no way. That's a joke. I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. That's insane. That's ridiculous. Religious people will always find a loophole. I remember, like, I used to go to church when I was a kid, and like we would like like bands we wanted to listen to, but your parents wouldn't let you listen to them. So we would like scour through like the booklets and look for like anything that could be maybe interpreted as like somebody in the band is a Christian and we'd be like look look yeah. look look <laughs> yeah wow yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's interesting that you had to do that were you a Mormon? No we were just run of the mill Christians you know <laughs> oh 
Yeah, I guess Michaela and I both grew up Catholic. They didn't give a fuck. <laughs> By the time I came around, they were like, get the fuck out of here. Here's a Ouija board. Shut the fuck up. Here's a You live in a haunted house. Here's a Ouija board. Shut up. And I was like, okay. Okay, thanks, Mom. <laughs> Jesus is pretty goth. Catholicism is like the most goth and the coolest. It so is. All the religions, aesthetic-wise, anyway. Very as far goth. as like, you know... Um, very totalitarian. Crimes against humanity. Not great, yeah. but you know. Oh yeah, very goth. But they dress real nice, just like so many other horrible people before them. True that. Also, there was mariachis today. Oh, I love that. You know yeah. I love mariachi. Nothing says 6 a.m. like trumpets. <laughs> <laughs> In a church. Yeah. yeah. Holy fucking. Did you bring flowers? Yeah, yeah. Better. Would you bring Roses. Carnations? Oh, wow. No carnations Rose. for you. Nah, I went the full Monty. And, you know, I have to say it was really good mariachis. If you're going to wake up for that, they better be fucking good. And they were on it. I was like, who are these guys? Let's hire them. They were great. Yeah, I know. Let's have an event so we can hire mariachis. Your birthday? Mariachis. Wedding? Mariachis. Pop-up Funeral? event. Mariachis. Pop-up mariachis probably not i mean not this one right now i'm just saying in general we could be like and then we hired mariachis to come in and play when we had this pop-up it'd be so sick yeah that'd be pretty sick actually you know they don't even need amplified sound they just go i know i know that's what i'm saying they could literally walk in and just being like blood letters it would be like hey and they'd be like did you pay these guys to show up you'd be like no yes oh yes see i'd be like no no, you pay mariachis. That's like part of their thing, you know. They're but like, I wouldn't tell everybody else. The mariachis would know I paid them, obviously. But I'd be like, pretend you're just showing up to the pop-up. <sighs> Getting stars in my eyes. From your drink? What are you having? So I took my mom, as we all know, who's in her 80s, to the doctor today for the first time in California. And I was like, tell them that you are always in pain and talk about CBD because she refused to take anything else. So she liked her doctor a lot, and it was, like, this younger woman, and she was like, I don't like going to men. I'm like, nobody does. Of course you like your woman doctor better. Like, so she talked to her about taking CBD, and the lady was like, yeah, I mean, I can't prescribe anything or anything. I don't really know, but, like, you can get it everywhere. It's California. So she told her to take it, and so now my mom was like, green light, cool, I'm going to take CBD. And I was like, cool, cool, cool. So I did a bunch of research. Long story short, there's this place like 10 minutes away, but I couldn't figure out whether or not it was like a warehouse or a store or a delivery service or blah, blah, blah. But it had like raving reviews. Everyone was like, this is awesome. I have like MS. I have cancer. I have like all these things. And this shit works better than anything. No, no, no. And Sam is super nice. Sam is this. Sam is that. And I was like, okay, this guy, Sam. So I didn't know. And then I was going to order online, but it said shipping. And I was like, I want to get this for her today. And so I called and I got Sam and I was like, oh, hello. Oh. You know, yeah, it was weird because it's like you read these reviews and I was like, hi, this Sam. And I was like, oh, hey, man, what's up? Uh, What are you? And so he's like, well, we're a warehouse and we do shipping, but we do do deliveries, too, if you're nearby. And I was like, well, I'm 10 minutes away in Pleasant Hill. And he's like, oh, yeah, well, I'm in Orinda. I'll just stop by. I'm on the road right now. Wow. 
And he's like, we're distri- so he's like, we're a CBD distribution center, but yeah, we totally do deliveries. And I was like, okay. So he's like, I'll be there in 20 minutes. And I was like, well, how am I going to pay? He's like, he's like, we take credit cards. Don't worry about it. And I was like, and he's like, oh, your mom's like older, blah, blah, blah. Okay. I got, I got you. Shows up with some woman who's at least as old as my mother, if not older in the passenger seat. And she's like waving at me. This dude, like my age gets out. There's two big ass pit bulls, like with their heads out the windows being hella cute. And I was like, dogs. And cause I don't mind. I mean, I don't mind pit bulls more than any other dogs. I don't hate dogs. I just don't want to own one. So I was like, Hey dogs. And then he came out and he was like super nice. He's like, what's up? And just like parked his truck and like opened up his little box truck and had like all this shit in it. And I was like, this is rad. And then <laughs> gave me like a two for deal. And like, he had lemon. So then he was like, I also have some THC stuff too. Cause I had joked like, cause he was trying to sell me on like putting my mom on CBD. And I was like, yo, I'm sold. Like I get my CBD every day. Cause he was like, I take it every day. I'm like, I take a CBD every day with THC, if you know what I'm saying. And he like started laughing, you know? And he, I was like, yeah, man. So he's like, you know, I do have some THC, like Delta nine stuff. And I have like this lemonade. And so I was like, okay. And so he like, he threw the lemonade, threw in stuff, gave me a good deal. And I was like, cool dude. And brought it to my mom. And she was like overjoyed. She's like, you just got that delivered. I was like, yeah, it was that easy. And she's like, oh my gosh. So well, they guys know how she likes her CBD. I think she'll like it. That's awesome. So you got lemonade too? Is that what you're drinking? So that's what I'm drinking. Long story short, because I met a cool delivery guy today that was just local. And they're the first CBD company out of California or something. Like CBD isolate. So they don't mix any THC in. That's what my mom really wanted was just just pure CBD. And anyway, I'm drinking a lemonade that they made with Delta 9. So it's called Super super THC or something like that and a little seltzer and some bramble and it is just delightful yeah it looks really pretty I took pictures when it was separated but it's also like a nice pink it's like a pink lemonade delicious yeah yeah what are you drinking today I'm having something that's like a demerara float or something it's a tiki drink that PP for short told me how to make okay so what is it lime juice and Luxardo cherry syrup and regular demerara sugar simple syrup and um, passion fruit syrup and some rum, like five-year aged rum. And you shake that all up and then you do a float of 151 rum over the top of it. Wow. Yeah. That's fancy. Yeah. And this is number two because I have a lot to celebrate today. So, first of all, it's my saint day. That's why I woke up so friggin' early. Yeah. So, that's one. Happy Guadalupe Day. Thank you. And two, my close cousin that I like had a right. baby today with a his big wife. Ass baby. A girl. Big ass baby girl. Big ass baby. She's super cute. It's weird she's a big ass baby, but she looks really small in the picture. I can't wait to see her in person. I'll take a picture. But you think of it coming out of your vagina, and it's a giant ass baby that's a giant baby anything through the bajine it's like no if it isn't a tampon (laughs) (laughs) but the third thing that i'm celebrating today is my very good friend dear friend sebastian got engaged no no way (laughs) yeah all in the same day this is happening so i'm golly 
two in. They're trying to steal your thunder. No, they're celebrating the joy. They're 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 joining me in my joy. It's, it's oh, that's such a better way to look at that's it. That's good. <laughs> I'm glad he's getting married. Yeah, he's getting married, and babies are being born, and I'm being celebrated. It's a good day. It was a good day. What a Monday! I, I needed to be cheered up, you know. <laughs> yeah. What that Devo song or whatever I sent you didn't work. I listened to that at six a.m. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you got it that late that text no no i got it last night but i uh i listened to it at 6 a.m and it really put me in the mood to have a great day right? it's so ridiculous yeah. isn't it doesn't it get all like bip-bip-bip-bip-bip? and i was like oh my god beware there's gibberish yeah i feel like we should ask john what he's drinking you know, you know what it is already but... White claw. <laughs> White claw. i did get some i do have some some thc oil that i've been dropping in it which I haven't taken nice. yet, so let's see how the rest of this night goes. Nice. You know, you, know, you got to make yourself one of those crazy cocktails that's like Kratom and White Claw and THC oil and just see what happens. It ruins everything. I have to just drink it like as a sludge. <laughs> it it's everything. disgusting. I've tried to make a couple of things out of it, and it's just it's disgusting. And so oh, I just like okay. I just suck it down, and then I do something else. So did get this thing. other stuff called uh, Kava. Which uh-huh. is another another like root drink, which does not taste as bad, and you, I think I can mess around with it a little bit. So I'll, yeah, I'll keep you posted on that. Kava is not so bad. It's, it's nice. It makes you like mouth mellow. A numb. Yeah, yeah. Mm. that's more mellow. Yeah, definitely. Stick around for more math in the next segment. Math. I was not told there'd be maths. In a world where snakes get real big, from the makers of Tarantula Tornado. There's a real big snake down there. Oh, okay. They ignored her research. I told you, why didn't you listen? You seem drunk. I'm always drunk. And I'm always right. She was right. There's a real big snake down there. Taken over the entire town. I mean, what I'm not trying want? to. I'm not trying to assume their gender. They are singular. Oh, that makes sense. So there's just one. I'm tired of these real big snakes in, in this tiny drain. I, I, I think I saw it, but I'm not sure. I saw a real big snake over there. <gasps> hey, y'all seen a snake over here? Explosions! Find large snake stock footage. Explosions and cards flipping. I just want to make it clear that I'm not. I just want to make it clear that I'm not assuming their gender. No, we get it. I mean, you don't know about snake dicks. We get it. Who does? <laughs> I do. Why didn't you understand? I'm a reptile scientist. I'm drunk, and I told you about snakes. Rated S for snakes. There. Gender. Welcome back to the Blunt Letters Podcast. We're going to talk about... Nothing. Zero. The concept of zero. Heard of it? Makes me nervous. Maybe you have. The void. The nothingness. The emptiness of all of that. That's actually how zero got its start. It's a number and a concept. In the ancient past, there was a symbol for the absence, which was the first idea of zero. So zero was this idea that was just like when you're keeping notes on your bushels of hay or your pounds of nutmeg or whatever it is that you're keeping track of as a merchant in the past would just mean you don't have zero. You don't have any. 
It's zero. So that's how it got its start. But that was a slash, wasn't it? That wasn't a zero, was it? It was just the idea of zero. So yeah, it was the idea. Yeah. So it wasn't like a written zero, but it was a a negative. It was a this doesn't exist. Yeah. So that was how people first conceived of zero. They didn't really have like an understanding of zero as an integer until much later. But they did have a zero as a placeholder in some ancient cultures, such as the Egyptians. They had a numerals in base ten, where the decimal holds a position of zero represented of as is i believe a dot and then in pre-columbian america south central mexico and central america they needed zero as a base holder for their base 20 system so instead of counting by tens they counted by 20s this is believed to have been developed by the olmecs and it's really weird about the olmecs because their whole civilization ended by the fourth century bc which is several centuries before the earliest known dates of their calendar. So it's like, how did that information get passed on is this really big question. And it kind of made me think about the past apocalypse that we were talking about in the last Mm -hmm. episode. And it's like, they thought maybe initially was the Mayans because they inhabited the same area, but the evidence was much older than their civilization. But they're like... The Olmecs are fascinating to me. We could do a whole thing about the Olmecs. Yeah, very mysterious. They're space brothers, sky brothers that we talked about where those saw those figurines in the Olmec. The Young, I think, had a huge Olmec exhibit. And it was like one of the only times these giant heads and like a lot of the artifacts were being let out to be shown anywhere in America or something. It was a huge exhibit. It was so cool. I saw one of those giant ass heads. Dream come true. But they had things I've ne- and it's like I said, I cannot find them anywhere. But there was like these crazy little figurines and it was like them. And then, like, their sky brothers, they called them from the stars. And they look like greys. They were, like, yeah. they exactly, I mean, and that's when I told you my friend who was skeptical of my alien shit was like, oh, my God, you're not wrong. Ancient aliens. And I was like, yeah, why did they make this? Why do they look like greys from X-Files? And she was like, holy shit. And I was like, I've never seen these figurines on display ever. So that was a great, great exhibition. Olmecs are cool. Pretty crazy. And it makes me think about, like, what information was lost, you know? Like, I'm not even saying the alien, like, ancient aliens, like, oh, they didn't have the technology. Like, maybe the Olmecs had the technology themselves. Absolutely. But where did it go? Why is it gone? Right. Where has it gone? Yeah. So then, basically, it's like, there's evidence that zero may have existed like pre the next period I'm going to talk about but generally it's accepted that the full grasp of zero came in the 7th century AD in Gwalior, India. There the mathematician Brahm Gupta and others used small dots dots, excuse me, under numbers to show a zero placeholder but they also viewed zero as having a value called sanya. Brahm Gupta was also the first to show that subtracting a number from itself results in zero. However, there's some dispute about this because there was a story that circulated that the Gwalior, as in Gwalior, India, zero was not the first zero placeholder and that a predecessor existed in Cambodia. Further details were lacking and the status of the first zero remained a mystery. In a dogged research project lasting over four years, Amir Askel located the documented existence of this zero, a Khmer zero, in a stone inscription denoting the Khmer year 605. Covered in vines in Cambodia. Dude, that's the guy I saw talk. That was the guy I was talking about. Where? Finding zero. 
I went and saw him at Pegasus in Berkeley. He was giving a talk oh, about wow. that book. And I was like, oh, my God, that sounds fucking awesome. I'm upset because I'd already read that book, Zero. And that's what I was going to bring up where it's like, yeah, he searched. He was like, ah, this isn't good enough. No one's giving me good enough, like, answer. And he, his theory is that, yeah, it started in Cambodia. He was cool. It was fucking awesome. So he showed a slide from his trip. So we got to see, like, all these pictures that were in the book or anything of like all these places he went to yeah it was awesome it was actually a really fun first date with that cartographer i was like hey man you're cartographer like he's super nerdy and i was like you want to go to this like uh lecture with me about zero and he was like about zero and i was like yeah like the concept and he was like yes (laughs) And then we got drunk and that was like with these two like weird punk rockers getting drunk at this math thing. I remember that guy. Yeah. It was fun. We drank an entire bottle of Jack Daniels on the way home. That was a great night. So the whole story is like he takes you along for the ride. Like it says, like he talks about all the crazy stuff and all the people that he met. He went to India, Thailand, Laos, Vietnam, and ultimately into the wilds of Cambodia. Um, There he is blown away to find the earliest zero, a keystone of our entire system of numbers, on a crumbling vine-covered wall of 7th century temple adorned with eaten away erotic sculptures. Erotic sculptures. Oh, that line right there. I was like, I might use that. (laughs) I know, right? Eaten away erotic sculpture. I love that. Tell people that's where I was born. Why don't we make some places made of erotic sculptures anymore don't get me started on modern sculpture don't get me started on the modern public sculptures it's like can we have some beautiful ruins with all these like weird squares and arrows sticking out of the ground and shit it's like oh my god i get it (laughs) you know oh it's modern it's hideous cool can we have some naked people fucking in the fountain somewhere that was fun so yeah that's what's really cool about this book everyone should go out and read it or watch this guy talk i guess it was just such a cool adventure he talked about and then to find math which you know holy nerdiness Anyway, so that was that was the guy I talk I was talking about where I was like, oh, I hope you can bring up Cambodia because that's what he found, and I thought that was really cool. But it doesn't end there. No, it does not end there. The Hindu Arabic numeral system, base ten, reached Western Europe around the 11th century A.D. via Al Andalus through Spanish Muslims and the Moors, together with the knowledge of classical astronomy and instruments like the astrolabe. And the astrolabe is an ancient astronomical instrument because remember, everybody traveled by the stars back in the day. Right. So this is talking about our current number system. And it was a handheld model of the universe. Its various functions also made it an elaborate inclinometer, which means you can find the incline of something. And an analog calculation device capable of working out several kinds of problems in astronomy, which means a calculator. They made a calculator. Computer computer the first computer but then a guy named fibonacci came around one one three five he went by many names i think one of them was the master mashed potato yeah one of them was that uh mr giblets he was big (laughs) on like feasts i guess he was franco fartsman yeah leonardo fibonacci leonardo bonacci and leonardo of Paisano. Paisano. Which, I sound that sounds like a made up one. Pisano, maybe, because it's from Pisa. He was he was Leonardo of Pisa is another name he went by. Maybe he just moved around a lot, everybody. God, could you imagine my name if it went by where you lived at this point? <laughs> 
Yeah, dude, for sure, dude. Okay, so this guy, he has the earliest known description of the sequence of Fibonacci's sequence. You might have heard of it. You know, one plus one, two. One, one, two. Yeah, one, one, two, three. Three, five, eight. 11. Precisely, yeah. So he's the first known description of the sequence in Western. It was already being used by Indian mathematicians as early as the 6th century, but Fibonacci is the guy who popularized it in the West. Each number is the sum of the previous two numbers. And Fibonacci initially omitted the zero and the first one included today as the beginning of the sequence with 1, 1, 2, 3. He carried the calculation up to the 13th place, the value of 233 in another manuscript carries it to the place 377. Fibonacci did not speak about the golden ratio as the limit of the ratio of consecutive numbers in the sequence. So the golden ratio, that's something that's like, oh, I know about that. What is that again? And that is, according to my notes, I will not speak about the golden ratio because it makes my head hurt to think about and reminds me why I can't do math. It's like, isn't the square of the half of the sum of the uh, it's right. like a plus a plus b is equal to a plus b it's like the pythagorean theorem and it's every seashell you've ever seen it's a pineapple it's a you know it's all those naturally occurring spirals in nature all follow the golden ratios principles so let's see it's two quantities are in the golden ratio if their go if their ratio is the same as the ratio of their sum to the larger of the two quantity correct so yeah this golden ratio also produces the golden spiral which they found is like a perfect way of building things too like structurally sound and stuff right isn't that part of it yeah, not to mention in like photography, like composition, also the golden spiral Fibonacci sequence is also something that is definitely part of this sequence. Well, yeah, d- d- uh, Da Vinci used it when he laid out the human form, right? That whole like... Yes, I watched a video about that too. Mm-hmm. The golden spiral is the growth factor of the golden ratio. The golden spiral gets wider by a factor of this number for every quarter turn it makes. So A plus B is equal to the ratio of the next one, 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 which is fucking weird. I love that. (laughs) It's so weird. (laughs) So Fibonacci was the guy that was like, hey, remember that thing? It's pretty cool. And he had like a whole freaking following about it. Can you believe? Yes, I would have totally been a groupie. These are the rock stars of the past, the Leonardo of Pisa. But what does this have to do with zero? Leonardo of Pisa uses the phrase sine zero, indicating it's a sign to do operations with like addition or multiplication. So nothing actually with the Fibonacci sequence specifically, but it's the guy that made that popular also introduced the zero. So people were like hyped about him. Oh, I see. Okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah. They're like, oh, Fibonacci saying that? That guy fucking explained pineapples to me. Mm-hmm. No, they didn't have pineapples, but they had other sunflowers and shit, you know? Mm-hmm. So then I was just looking into, like, what is accepted about zero, and the f- things that are accepted about zero are fucking nuts. So here we go. Zero is the integer immediately preceding one. Okay, that's not that weird. <laughs> okay. Zero. <laughs> but get this. going to start out with the easy ones. I mean, zero is an even number, not an odd number. 
interesting to note. Well, because if you do, if you times it by itself, it's an even number. It says because it's divisible by two. Well, yeah. With the no remainder. Yeah, I get. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Zero is neither pocket positive nor negative and both positive and negative okay but let's get to what's actually interesting because we know that we can keep telling people how what zero was to people we know that we know that it was a placeholder we know that it meant you know no cows left in the field but what really fucked with people which is what's the interesting part of zero is is the idea of the void the idea of nothingness like they didn't mind using it as a placeholder for corn but once you turned it into a theory a theoretical idea a theoretical mathematic idea people started to freak the fuck out because what they started to understand was not that it's just zero then one it's zero within an infinite amount of numbers and then one right and then in between those in between that there's all these infinite numbers. Right? but without zero i feel like that wouldn't have been found but also it just it was like a spiritual thing. It was like, what do you mean there's nothingness in this world? Like people really didn't have a concept exactly of non-existence, right? Because there's always God and then you die, but you still exist. But this zero thing was like, nah. You don't no. exist. It's all gone. Yeah, or something. It just, yeah, yeah it, or just, something. it just put it in the human psyche that... It really freaked people out. And that's what that book Zero was about. It was like, this really freaked people out. Like, this scared people. They didn't want to talk about Zero. You know what I mean? Like, not as a concept, not as an idea. They were like, hell no, it scares the shit out of it's me. Like some, I, it's like some people don't want to talk about space because the vastness of space is terrifying. Yeah, same idea. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So it's like Zero is the idea that you are meaningless. Or that meaning could be non-existence. And that is a pretty weird thing to think about. Unless you're like a nihilist. And then you're like, it's fine. But I'm trying to conceive of a world where like everything is accounted for. Like, you know, your gods are the sun and the water and the rain. It's God versus science. Science are to crack everyone's brain. Science was like, actually, there could be a place where nothing exists. And you're like, what? And the people couldn't wrap their head around it. It's pretty scary. And then once you start thinking of irrational numbers and all these things, you know, between one and zero, let's say, or pi, something that never ends, right? What is that makes you think of infinity and what does that mean? And then what is eternity? And then like it just it's again like people just like, I don't want to fucking think about that. Right. It's like gives you an idea of a concept that you didn't know was possible. And it just breaks my brain to think about what the world was like before these ideas were widely shared and like what people thought was real and the reality of people you know like just not knowing god they blamed everything on fucking god and superstition it was stupid yeah it's dumb <laughs> yeah it's just yeah. So weird life, to think of a that's time why life like was that. like cheap as fuck people just got yeah killed everyone <laughs> yeah everyone yeah, died yeah. at like 30 like, ah, fuck it it's fine <laughs> yeah Mm-hmm. it was terrible i'm so glad it's now thank god for maths thank god for zero <laughs> Hey, have you guys heard? There's a new formula for the misoplaxington. What? What's that? You know, that medicine. It's new. But what is it for? 
It's faster acting and longer lasting. It's mesoplexington. Is it gonna make me feel better? It may cause spontaneous chicken babies in people over five foot two inches tall. Side effects may include death, destruction, greed, heinous gas, utmost euphoria, depression, anxiety, and explosions. The temporary ability to speak a dead language and or communicate with the dead. A subtle but permanent bioluminescence may develop if combined with spinach. What does it do? Mazaplexing Flaxington may cause you to develop intense desires for cups full of different liquids, including filling those liquids yourself with various bodily fluids. Nervous obsession with ladybugs and their life cycle if taking below the equator could happen, or if under a full moon. Do not take if you are pregnant, lactating, or breathing. Do not take mesoplaxitaphitin if you do not know the lyrics to Baby Got Back or have recently suffered an anaconda attack, or if you have got no bones. Good impact sense of forwards or backwards, sometimes causing crisscross syndrome. Seek a professional stylist from the 90s if this occurs. Don't take it, you are French. No reason other than Uncle Sam says that you suck. Rare cases, in rare cases, death has occurred. But if you don't take it, were you ever even alive? Taking mesoplaxington will shorten your eyelashes. In some extreme cases, turn them piss yellow. If this happens, stop the use of this medicine and call a haberdashery. You may develop a desire to jump into the nearest body of water, ranging from punch bowls to swimming pools, great lakes, and perform aerobic fish impersonations. People with type 2 resting heart face or clone-resisting shield armor should not take this product for more than half their life. If you have popped popcorn in the last 24 hours, Mazaplexington Froton is not going to be sufficient for your needs. Refer to your nearest Colonel Sanders. Only available at McDonald's. But what does it do? You're not telling me what this is. Also may cause uncontrollable eating of spicy foods leading to butthole-related issues. Mesoville Praxton is one of my favorite things to take when I need a boner in my butt. My dad told me to take it. If you have any of the following symptoms, couching, aches, milk expelled from nostrils, blue earwax, bumples on your dick, flubber tit, crunch wrap flaps, or an increasingly bad feeling about Sandra Bullock, discontinue use immediately. Misoplaxalan. Take it. Flazoplaxington. Try it today. It's the new formula. Misoplaxalan. You need it now. Welcome back to the Blunt Letters Podcast. I'm Michaela Superstar, and I am here to tell you about some sensitive things tonight. So I want to give everyone a little bit of trigger warnings and a disclaimer. We are talking about people who have have had mental illness and have definitely partaken in self-harm, perhaps. So just be aware of that. And when I say that someone is going mad or is losing their mind, I'm not saying it's derogatory. It's just these were the words from a lot of the historians. And I'm not trying to be insensitive or anything. But this next article is about the madness of mathematicians, which has been something I'm obsessed with for a long time. And I'm not saying it because it's frivolous or a novelty. It's a very serious thing to me. And it's honestly one of the reasons I did not want to get into math, even though I'm really good at it, as my friends will tell you. And I do love math, but it seemed like it might actually crack, crack my brain. And so... 
especially the theoretical maths, which is my favorite, just like theoretical physics. I feel like I really could have gone into both those things if I tried harder and was a better student and really put some effort into it. But I th- also thought it might really break my brain. So again, I'm not coming at this like it's not a novelty or funny. Like this is a real thing that happens a lot. And I find it fascinating because math is fascinating. So again, that's my disclaimer. Not And if this is going to bother you to hear about mental illness, um, then maybe not listen to this next part. But it's also very fascinating. And I don't know, maybe... It'll help other people through their journeys to know that geniuses also suffer. Okay, so that's my disclaimer moving forward. We're talking tonight about Gio Cantor. He was a German mathematician whose work really began around like uh, 1874, 1884, when he started talking about the origin of set theory. Prior to this work, the concept of a set was like kind of elementary like they it had been around since Aristotle so everyone was very set in their ways and you're gonna find this this might end up being a series I do because I was honestly just going to talk about this in general and then everyone's story was so compelling to me that I had like three or four different mathematicians that had ended up in asylums or or like self-harming themselves or you know committing suicide and so I honestly just wanted to concentrate at one at a time. So again, this may be um, an ongoing series, but this guy, he fought against a lot of the really rigid sets that they had back in the day. And that's what you're going to find with a lot of these stories is that people in academia were very set with these ideas in science and math, and they did not want to hear new shit. And I can't think of anything that would send me more over the edge than knowing I'm right about math and no one believing you. <laughs> like, I'm just like, that's what I'm talking about. Like, that would drive me crazy. Or not hearing you or not giving me the time of day to hear you. Oh, man. Not even that, as we'll see, blocking you. So no one had realized that set theory had any non-trivial content before. Before Cantor, there were only finite sets, which were very easy to understand, and the infinite, which is just like, a fucking abstract idea that they thought was for philosophers, not for mathematicians. They were like, who gives a shit what the infinite is? And he was like, I give a shit. Like, I give a shit. So, like, a little too much. So they thought that was for the philosophical bullshit. They were like, I'm not going to talk about that. So by proving that there are infinitely many possible sizes for infinite sets, Cantor established that the set theory was not trivial, and it needed to be studied. So set theory has come into play in the role of foundational theory in modern mathematics uh, in the sense that it interprets uh, propositions about mathematical objects, for example, numbers and functions, from all the traditional areas of mathematics. So like you use it in algebra and analysis, topology, in a single theory. So it's like a unifying theory in math, right? And it provides a standard set of axioms to to prove or disprove them. So the basic concepts of set theory are now used throughout mathematics, right? So we can get into set theory, but again, that would be like a whole other hour of explaining set theory. So just rest assured, they are very important and we use them all the time. But what's really interesting about this guy is that he was, he actually started out being like a musical prodigy. He, he like played violin and came from a 
like a family musicians but then he said that he heard a secret voice as he called it as a child that taught him that he thought was the voice of God like he literally thought the voice of God was like teaching telling him these theorems or these like answers or these like ideas about math whoa so he had like a holy intercession yeah and that's what's interesting it's like i wish i had this like secret voice right that's amazing so he gave up music for math that's like that song about that guy david who played the chord or whatever but like you're saying this guy got formulas fed to him by the divine that's what he thinks that's what he believed like he was like he was so sure he was right because his answers, he said, were like divine. They came from God. The answers were like this hidden thing and God wanted him to find it, especially. He was like, he gave me these talents to find these answers. What were they the answers to? Well, I'm so happy you asked. He needed to understand infinity. So as we talked about with zero, he said it was possible to add and subtract infinities and make it precise. He was like, some infinities are bigger than others. What? Which is, again, this this understanding, this like... So the easiest way, I guess, to understand it is like, you think of a circle, right? And there's all these points in the circle. If you made lines coming out from the center of the circle... With whatever the sharpest pencil in the world, you can make all these infinite little lines, right? All these points in a circle. And they would fill the circle up completely until like you, you ran, right? There's all these little points. But when you take it a step further and you say, well, what if I put another circle outside that circle and the lines keep going? You see that now there's space between those lines, right? So what is that? So it's like there are some infinities that are bigger than other infinities because there's so many types of infinities and there's bigger numbers than you can imagine. And then there's even numbers bigger than that and then bigger than that. Like the universe is like that. That is exactly where the madness comes in. Do you see what I'm getting at? This whole episode has been about us being like, wow, I can't even imagine that. And I'm like, that's exactly where the obsession and the madness lies. You're getting, now you're understanding the madness of a mathematician. So he was obsessed with infinity and other mathematicians tried to block his work from being published. Like they didn't just like disagree with him. They were like, don't publish his shit or you will not like get a job here. Or wow. Like they were just like, don't do it. Yeah. Calling his continue. He, he, so his, one of his main theories, the theory that really drove him over the edge was called the continuum theory. And he, this one dude called him the continuum theory, uh, a sickness or continuum hypothesis. Maybe it was called a sickness that maths will recover from. What? And another person called him a corrupter of youth. Which is so hilarious. Like, they were like punk rockers of math. It was like, because he was a professor, obviously, during all this. He's a fucking genius. It's not like he was just I'm like, oh, sitting in a room somewhere. Like, he was a professor. But, like, these other professors were pissed at him. And they're like, he shouldn't even be teaching. He's corrupting our youth with these new maths. And it's like, what the fuck? And so, essentially, they only wanted these, like, watered down, like, safe ideas of math. Like, these sca- they were scared of this idea of, of not understanding, like, not understanding infinites like they were sort of like this conflicted kind of you know it's, it's self-contradicting you know it's like how can it, it can't be that if it's that but he was like oh but it can and so these people are like nah. it's exactly what we're going through right now like shit we can't even grasp because we're not getting i don't know a secret voice from god 
but essentially they shot him down. And so years and years and years of this, of him knowing he's, he's right, him knowing that these things are, is like, this is the way to go. They were like, fuck you. So by 1844, he has a complete breakdown after working two years straight on this continuum hypothesis. And his like daughter writes about it. Like, I think he had like six kids too. I'm like, he had time to have six children and all this. He starts to spiral and writes like every three weeks to his friend that he has proven or unproven his own theory. Like like one week he's like, I, I proved it. I know I'm right. And then the next week he's like, I'm so embarrassed. And the next week he's like, nope, it's wrong. This theory doesn't even exist. And then three weeks later, it's like these total like bipolar manic episodes of like on off on off like every few weeks and his daughter's like he's like yelling and being like really angry and then just being completely silent for day like hours and hours and like finally he gets into an asylum wow he really goes nuts thinking about this like or mathematical theory yeah yeah, he goes into asylum and then recovers, but then asks to teach philosophy instead because he's like, I can't keep doing math. I don't think it's good for my brain, but like completely does not stop being obsessed with his his hypothesis. So he's like out of there, but then all of a sudden his 12 year old son dies, who was also like a violinist, child prodigy, blah, blah, blah. And he's just like heartbroken. And he's like, my secret voice stopped talking to me. I like, I don't even know what I'm going to do about math. So that secret voice was talking to him throughout this whole process? Yeah. But then like just so slowly stopped, he said. And it was like, damn. That's fucked. It is fucked. And also just like all these people shitting on him for years. Like when he was in. So he spent 20 years in and out of asylums. And sometimes like screaming and raging and sometimes just manic, sometimes have like being like grandiose. And then like some of his doctors like he had persecution problem. I'm like, dude, he was actually fucking persecuted and he really was grandiose. Like he was one of the greatest minds of the fucking world. Like, so it's like, were those actually symptoms or was that the truth that he was super important and being persecuted? So... The screaming, the anger, it's like, I could see all this. Like, again, like, what would you do? What would you do if you were super smart and no one gave a shit? Like, right? Just this. Super smart and everything you dig into just gets worse and worse. Yeah, I was like, fuck that. I'm doing drugs and doing paintings and making a podcast. I was like, I'm not doing the maths and the science. I don't know, because I would think that would have happened to me. Damn, dude. I think I would have gone nuts, because it's it's so enticing, right? Don't you want to know what infinity is? Like, don't you want to know? I don't really think I need to know if that's a weird thing to say about infinity. Like, I'm just like, I understand that it goes on forever, and I don't really need to, like, get into the details, but... I mean, that's what people thought for bazillion years but these guys were like no i want to make it crazy and everyone's like ah. oh then it breaks your brain yeah and that's where the persecution came in they're like stop telling everybody to make it yeah. crazy because they're all yeah. gonna go crazy no they were like stop it and like it's so sad because he kept writing his wife begging to come home and she's like she wouldn't let him come home she wouldn't let him come home because he was like too cracked up well he was having a like he wasn't just like doing math he was like screaming in anger and freaking out going catatonic that's sad yeah and then he just ends up dying alone in poverty in his room of a heart attack and then of course like after his death his ideas are accepted and they're like he's a fucking genius (laughs) it's like what the fuck that happens so often it happens every story i'm gonna tell you guys it happens 
every single because why else would there be a story right it would be like what story would it be if it's like and then this guy drove himself crazy and he was wrong <laughs> and everything he said was wrong like that would be the most boring that's every other person that's every other person in the insane asylum that's their story they're wrong <laughs> it could be like oh he was right and then it was like he was right but also he turned into the prince of Cambodia like we would know about that right like a, like a mathematician explains zero to us or explains one of those irrational numbers and infinity the concept of infinity like we would know probably we do know few theories in the yeah. insane asylum that were right that nobody ever knew about except for that one guy that was screaming meaning if they didn't put him in the insane asylum like he would be like Elvis or something you know mathematician Elvis or at least Daniel Johnson you know <laughs> <laughs> Is that fucked up? But I mean, you know, we saw him in concert and it was disturbing. I felt like they were honestly like exploiting a person, but I don't know. Maybe not. I mean, I guess he was enjoying himself, so. He wanted to be famous. That's true. You're right. You're right. Have you accidentally summoned an unwanted spirit with your Ouija board novelty rug? We were just playing Twister. Maybe you somehow twisted your way to a hellmouth with that spirit board themed blanket. I'm surrounded by shadow people. Well, you're in luck. Say goodbye to accidentally conjured evil with Demon Chaser, the only exorcism that comes in a handy aerosol spray. Just fill the infected area with Demon Chaser and watch those wretched souls crawl back into the depths of hell. Thanks, Demon Chaser. Make cause runny nose, mild sneezing, coughing, disorientation, diarrhea, and severe cases opens up an even bigger portal to hell and allows Asmodeus and Azazel to appear and tear out your immortal soul. Lesser demons may appear. Do not use Demon Chaser if you are currently possessed or lactating. Ask your spiritual guide about Demon Chaser today. Before it's too late, I'm losing my grip on reality. Welcome back to the Blunt Letters. Mikhail and I are bringing you more about going nuts over math with the movie Pie. Let me tell you about this movie. Yes, Pie. 1998. Free to watch on YouTube. Pretty tight. I like that. I was like, I don't know where you're going to watch this weird-ass movie. And she's like, YouTube. I'm like, oh, of course. YouTube for free. I know, right? And I think Birdemic. Yeah. It's uh, it's good, though. I love this movie when it first came out. It came out in 1998. I really like Darren Onofsky. I had to make myself a little list where I was like, I do like him, right? Because I didn't like some of his last few movies. Which ones do you like? I do love Requiem for a Dream. I don't know if I could ever watch it again, but it's like way up there with one of my favorite movies. It's amazing. Yeah, totally. That's a hard one to watch. Yeah. The Fountain is amazing. Um, I love that it's about the Fountain of Youth and like Ponce de Leon and shit. Like, yes, please. The Wrestler, Mickey Rourke, hell yeah. So good. And Black Swan. I loved. Oh, I love Black Swan and I bought it, but I haven't watched it again. See, he's very, it's like he's traumatizingly good. (laughs) 
<laughs> it's like I love this movie. Oh my god, I'm gonna buy it. Oh, I'm never gonna watch that. This one wasn't so bad to watch though. This is a, first feature. a movie about a mathematician, and I feel like I could watch it again. Yeah, it's really good. I was like, oh, it's a little dated. It is very fucking nineties. I was like, wow, super nineties. And that's when we were talking about the music. I was like, what is this? The, the Chemical Brothers? And then I was like, oh wait, no, it's the guy from Pop Will Eat Itself. And then I was like, I thought it was. And then I was like, I thought it was the guy from Fight Club soundtrack and I was like oh that's the Dust Brothers and I was like is there any fucking difference I was like <laughs> it's all the same music but that whole sequence where they kept playing all that like Pop Will Eat Itself music right tell me that didn't a little bit remind you of Fight Club which came out a year later yeah totally it's that accelerated synthetic sound yeah man well yeah, it's it like, like that manic like wasteland kind of thing mm-hmm. to it yeah yeah it had the same kind of soundtrack with this like guy running around being having like this weird like fantasy world and it was just a year later and there was a lot of parts where I was like that fucking reminds me of Fight Club like I think he saw this and like ripped some of it off a little bit I'm just throwing it out there well definitely when you said manic that definitely felt accurate there's a lot of parts where you're just like this guy is freaking out and finding too much and that's definitely what's true in fight club as well as he freaks out but it's also to like it's like some dude freaking out to that soundtrack specifically i was like that is the same shit in fight club when he's like running around at the fucking dust brothers like that's the 90s man that's the and it was one year later i was like there's one year between these films i was like okay i'm gonna give you the benefit of the doubt that you both just had this weird zeitgeist but i was like "Mm, i don't know that was like the era of when the good cocaine started to end a lot of like artists went crazy I guess it was just so much of the stylistic things of it like black and white that's a choice they had color in the 1990s let me tell you it somehow made it more 90s though and I feel like the extreme close-ups on stuff also was very 90s you know the chemical like I wrote the chemical brothers again the chemical brothers with the voiceover talking to themselves narrating the movie that's what it was so it's like dun 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 dun, and a white dude running around with a weird hairline just like Ed Norton and he's being like oh 717 1344 I do this thing press go 17 and like it's the same thing in Fight Club it's like dun 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 like I lost I saw Tyler. I went to this one place, flew to Chicago, didn't see Tyler. Dun 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 dun. dun. And I'm like, this is the same fucking shit. I am Jack's inevitable demise. It's like voiceover of someone losing their mind to something that sounds what I called the Chemical Brothers, which is apparently Pop Will Eat Itself and the Dust Brothers combined <laughs> into a whole other group that actually exists. So, like, that's what I'm saying. I noticed, like, that voiceover narrating your own actions while losing your mind to 90s rave music or whatever. So I was like, how is... I mean, I honestly, I wanted for the blog almost do like a side by side and be like, tell me these aren't the same fucking scenes. Dude, 90s New York as well, which was kind of interesting to watch. Triggering. Dirty. (laughs) Very dirty. I actually wrote... 
I would say he's particularly mean, but he's just a typical New Yorker, is what I, re- I realized that after we through the film. I'm like, he's just normal. Totally. I wrote down rude to neighbor and can't chill. Very New York. <laughs> Very New York. I was like, oh, you're crazy. I'm like, no, you're just living in New yeah, York. Yeah, his neighbor is so nice to him. I was like, why are you being so rude to that girl? Because he's a jerk. He's a jerk. Yeah, he doesn't even open the door for her when she brings her food. Like, that's really messed up. I'm really upset about that. He's got probs. So this movie is about a mathematician who works with a computer program trying to find a, a pattern in the stock market, right? Because And he says it's not for a monetary gain, just like the, he wants to know the nature of numbers. And he's being, like, headhunted by this company that wants to know his predictions for the stock market and make all this money, and they keep harassing him. Then he's being sort of harassed by these Hasidic Jews who are like, oh, we need to know your special number that you're looking for because it's really tied into the Kabbalah, and it goes into all of that mysticism. And then we go into Pi, and, like, is there ever another a, a sequence of numbers that repeats? Like, does Pi ever repeat blah 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 so again it's about infinity irrational numbers right and finding order in that which is exactly what Cantor was trying to do that's why I was like let's talk about this after Cantor because it's like that's exactly the same shit as like looking into infinity looking into pi forever and trying to find a precise pattern and so this movie is about finding the pattern and what that would do to you and according to the Jews it's the name of God and knowing the name of God would do what was my big question they were like it's the true name of God because there are well they tell you what I missed it then he explains the whole thing what does he what does it do to know the name of God so he's like oh we could open this this key to open up other worlds and all these worlds of understanding and all these things we could do blah 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 and that dude's like well it was given to me not you guys and he's like yeah but you are not pure enough to handle this information that's why it's fucking killing you that's why you're going nuts is because you are not prepared to handle the name of god i am i'm a holy man give me the fucking name of god and he was like nah 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 but that's, that's kind of what the Wall Street guys were saying the same thing to him, though. Exactly. Like, you don't know what to do with this number. We can use it to make a lot yeah. of money. And, like, yeah. and, the, the, and the Jews were like, no, you need to. You it's know, killing you. The, only certain people can say the name of God. Yeah. And they're like, the fact that you know the name and you're so impure, it's, that's, what's, that's what's killing you. Like, you're fucked. Damn. And he was like, what? Yeah, so that's the whole, that's what it would do. And it would unlock all these other, like, miracles and shit. That's, like, the basics for all, like, Western esotericism is figuring out the name. So if he figures out the name of God, then he can unlock all these secrets to the universe? Yeah. Wow. I would be following that guy, too. And so he was like, but they were like, you're not good enough for that that name, so just give it to us. And he was like, no. But he never does. No. And because they were like, oh, you're looking for a number that's 216 digits long. So are we. And that was the digits he found within Pi. And then his friend da, 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 like had been searching for it. And he found those numbers, but was like, nah, this is bullshit. Which I didn't understand why his friend was like, this is bullshit. I don't it didn't seem like it. I feel like that's a plot hole. Or it drove him crazy. And he was like, it's not bullshit. It's the truth. But it gave me a stroke because I couldn't handle it or something. And then was like, yeah, and nobody else should because this will happen to them. It's like a cursed number or like uh like if you hear the voice of God, it breaks your brain and you die. Yeah. Unless you're super holy, you know. 
Which no one has been in the history of religion. Or like, think of Thor, right? If he threw his hammer at you and you tried to catch it, it would smash your hand to pieces. But if you were like worthy, you could catch it, right? That's the idea. I don't think I'm worthy of the Thor hammer, TBH. Yeah, really? What is it you have to do? No, oh, I don't know. Probably a lot. Probably be uh, some kind of person and... Be real good. I don't think I've been that good. Who's the only person that could pick it up in that movie? Was it Captain Marvel or something? Natalie Portman. There's someone else, too. I don't know. I didn't watch all the Marvels. I was like, they let somebody pick it up. I can't remember. It should be Spider-Man, because he's cool. (laughs) Spider-Man. He has so much misfortune befall him for a superhero. I feel bad for Spider-Man most of the time. I love Spidey. Anyway, we're getting way off topic. Okay, so it pulls all these things together, which I think is great. Fibonacci talks all about the Fibonacci, right? Like we were just talking about. Actually, it's a great... If you want some real introductory math shit, go ahead and watch this film. This will tell you all about the cool, weird stuff about math and the Kabbalah beginner's guide. But he's like really annoying. I was like, it's kind of about this like mean dude who cries all the time, cries a lot and has headaches and is looking for numbers till he goes nuts. That's his <laughs> That's what this is about. I'm too smart. My brain hurts. I can't have feelings. Get your hands off me, sexy girl. I don't like it. It's like I only like numbers. I don't want to have materialism, so I'll yell at my friends. Yeah. <laughs> I like this floppy disk, too. That was cool. Oh, my God. The floppy disk. I know. What a fucking, like, uh, time capsule. Dude, I also like the whole gang of Hasidic Jews because, as you know, like, we that lived in the Hasidic real. neighborhood. <laughs> like, it's real. The vans. I was at risk of being persecuted by the Hasidic Jews. I know, I remember. You were scared. You were like, I might be targeted. I was like, you're not wrong. You fucked up. (laughs) I broke the laws. Yeah. But I was okay. They do have the vans that go around patrolling and stuff. They're their own police and shit, which is like, fine, whatever. Also, they work really closely with the Brooklyn police. Mm Mm-hmm. If you know what I mean. No, explain it. So, yeah, I was like, oh, maybe I'll stay out of that neighborhood for a minute, you know? Yeah. And I sure fucking did. Yeah, I remember. You were scared. I don't blame you. It's, it's, they really didn't like us, you know? (laughs) They made it known. It was interesting. So, yeah, I could, you know, that kind of added the fear because now that I lived in that neighborhood, I was like, ooh, I could see that really happening. Those guys are tough. You know, and they were like roughing the guy up and punching him. And I was like, damn, some tough ass Jews, man. It was cool. But um, they were like thugs. And I thought that was kind of funny. I was like, that's pretty funny because you don't see that. They were thugs trying to hustle the name of God out of some mathematician. Right? That is some nerd shit. I know. It's so good. I was like, wow, this is pretty amazing. And again, unless you lived in that neighborhood in Williamsburg, then you might not believe it. But I was like, I could believe this happening. <laughs> Poor guy. Um, But he also gets away from them really easily, which I could also see happening. It's like, what is it, a Saturday? And they couldn't turn the knob to get out the door. <laughs> Zing. It's like, what the fuck, man? Anyway, um, I don't know. Any religious zealot is just like, fuck you guys. You're so weird. But those guys, yeah. I was like, that's cool, though. I was like, I, I like the gang in the in the van abducting him. It reminded me of the scene in Full Metal Jacket where they hit the guy with the soap and the sock. Mm-hmm. I don't know 
why, but it did. There was no soap, there was no sock, but that's what it made me think mm-hmm, of. Mm-hmm. Totally. Also, I realized uh, they played. They're playing Go. Remember, I was just telling you about Go, and I was like, you can watch people play it. Yes, I do. I do know you were just telling me about Go, and I was like. That's that game Michaela wanted for Christmas. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Some nerd game with the, about the philosophy of Japanese mathematicians being like, it represents the universe. I was like, no fucking wonder. Yeah, I was like, no one's going to play with me because I had it for years and no one played with me. They're like, this is, this game's fucking boring. And I was like, no, it's not. It's really good. They're like, this is hard and boring. And I was like, okay, well, only that weird lawyer guy would play with me Well, that I dated. And I think like Half of the reason I dated him is because he was obsessed with Go just like I was. You need some kind of nerd. Point is, they played in that game because it's a game played by math nerds. Yeah, it's cool. It was a good movie. I'm glad we, I rewatched it. I used to watch it all the time when I was younger. I thought it was really cool and edgy because it was the 90s. It was I was super 90s. into it, yeah. With, like Same time I got into like Fight Club and shit. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, it's like an edgy movie about math. I was like, ooh, boner alert. <laughs> You know, so yeah, of course I love this movie. And I love Darren Onofsky at the time. I was like, ooh. Yeah, it was a really good movie. I'm gl- it really exemplifies how people can get caught up in a number. Like, really obsessed with this idea. And even in the movie, they talk about how you need to take breaks from it. Because when you get into philosophy and applied philosophy, it can really break your brain. Yeah, it does. Like, as we learned tonight. And we'll have more on all of that. We will. I have so many pages of people who've lost their minds over different things. Can't wait to share it with you guys. You know, imagine yeah. especially like putting so much time into it and then you get to the like what you thought was the end and it's like, no, that was actually wrong. You got to go back. Exactly. Or someone else proves you. Like what was happening with some of these people is like they were like embarrassed because someone would read this whole paper. They were like just proving everything you said like in front of your friends and family and your daughters and wife. And then you're humiliated because now someone's like, you're fucking wrong. And it's like, damn, it's rough. That's, you know, it's rough. I was like, no way. And I certainly don't want to be a woman involved in all that. It seems like it'd be even worse. <laughs> it's like only worse. Oh, she's being hysterical again. <laughs> you got some hysterical numbers. Forget irrational menstrual numbers over here. It's like, what? Oh, no, not menstrual numbers. Oh, I'll give you menstrual numbers. <laughs> it's, you know, and uh, so many places in science. We, I, the Another place I was just recently reading about sexism is uh, archaeology. Archaeology? You didn't expect it there. I know. Like, especially back in the day, a lot of women's, like, discoveries were just taken by men. Like, literally taken out of their hands and, like, been like, I discovered this, not you. And it's like, what the fuck? yeah i believe it i believe it it's fucking crazy won't get into all that but so maybe someday maybe someday tune in next episode the madness of math math madness thanks Thanks for for listening listening to to the blunt letters podcast check out our website at thebluntletters.com our new home on the interwebs for all things blunt letters you can find all the blunt letters podcast episodes check out our blog and buy back issues of the blunt letters zine plus get in touch with us with any suggestions questions or leave us a voicemail to be featured in an episode you can follow our daily adventures and videos on instagram facebook tiktok and youtube remember to like and subscribe Be sure to follow us on Spotify, Anchor, Google Cast, 
Breaker, Pocket Cast, and Radio Public to stay up to date on our new episodes. Wow, that's a lot. I know, right? Bye-bye.